So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, Mr. O. How are you doing? I am doing okay. I'm a little sad my spring break is over, but I know you're happy because yours is just beginning. I just started. Yep, yep. So uh, this whole weekend, you were like, well, when are we going to record? And I was like, we can record whenever. I got nothing <laughs> to do. It's all good. So yeah, I'm pretty pumped about that. All right. But let's just jump right into the season because I had, I don't know, we just have our random assignments of our couples, and I really got hosed this week. So you're going to hear a lot of me this episode. Yeah. Um, let's start with Lacey and Antoine. Uh, all right. So Antoine is now one hour out of prison, and he's already smoking a blunt and dumping the ashes into a Gatorade bottle. So he's excited because he gets to be with Lacey now in person, who, according to him, is looking bomb as hell. And also because she, well, she also brought him some homemade chicken teriyaki, although he's not as excited about that because it's cold and he's like, I'd rather not eat cold food. Can we go get takeout? <laughs> um, but he doesn't do takeout because he feels like going in and sitting down is way too much too soon after all is, is isolation from being in the hole in prison. So he ends up eating the platter in the parking lot and is like, what's next? Are we going to my mom's? Which is pretty much just met with icy silence from Lacey as pretty much any mention of his mom always is. So on the way, Lacey seems to trying to be talking talking him out of wanting to visit. Like, did she ever visit you in prison? Uh, is she going to be drunk? Are you going to be drunk? Something's bad going to happen. It always bad bad's happen. But at the end of the day, he just wants to visit his mom. And that's not unreasonable. So he calls her first, um, you know, while also in the car now. Now he's switched from a blunt to a tall boy of butt heavy. God. To check in if everything's Gucci over there. God. Oh, my God. But it turns out that they can't go over there because she has COVID. Um, so Lacey is like, when she hears that says, I felt really bad, but the huge smile on her face, um, in the car tells a different story. <laughs> so they finally do get to Lacey's house and he gets the whole tour of the place and thinks it's plain, but at least it's cozy and better than the whole. So they hang out for a while and then we get a really decently long extended cut of Anton smoking weed. Yeah. Um, I know, right? Before FaceTiming his mom and grandma, they don't really say anything notable, but Lacey still thinks that Christy is kind of. Parching on her happy day here. After they hang up, she proclaims it's snuggle time and they start making out. So Antoine says that it's been a while, you know, since the day before he got locked up, to be exact. Um, but that girlfriend didn't stick around. So before the cameras are shut off, then the cameras are shut off and they can, you know, do it in peace or whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, so like, how many different things did Antoine, like, need to get into his body immediately after prison? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, he is such a, I don't want to say terrible person, but he's a terrible match. It didn't even seem like he was all that into Lacey to begin with. Um, I get that it was like, 
overwhelming and you know i mean even the thing where like and i there's things that i can't relate to right like not being able to go into a restaurant but it's just like he just didn't seem like appreciative of lacy at all and i was just like i don't know he just seemed really demanding and he just came off as very entitled and i feel like the you know ex-cons that we have that act like that like the relationships are just a mess from the very beginning. And I just see that happening here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that I necessarily blame him for not wanting to eat cold chicken teriyaki, but it was just like, as soon as he got out, it was like, all right, so it's all about me. We're doing what for me now? Me, me, me. I want this. I want that. I want this. Uh, I got to have a blunt right away. I got to have a beer right away. I got to have food right away. I got to see my mom right away. We're just going to do a whole bunch of things for me. Right. Yep. And like, yeah, and that that tends to be the entitled ones, but that he also definitely, you know, we heard from last time. I just got bored all the time. He seems like his entitlement is what gets him into trouble all the time, where he's just like, "But I wanted something, so I got it," and that's how he ends up in prison, right? Yeah, but I think it's just also what adds to that is he just didn't even seem that interested in Lacey. Like she had made a note like, oh, you know, when they kissed, he kind of like wiped off. He's like, oh, well, your kisses are like wet. You know, it just didn't really seem like that into her. So it kind of makes me wonder a little bit. Is he into her Mm -hmm. or is it a situation where maybe because his mom wasn't supportive of him that he wanted someone who was like a motherly figure or, you know, that he sees her as someone who's like nurturing and takes care of him. And that's what he more so sees her as rather than like an equal partner. Which makes sense because they met through his mother. Yeah. Right? So it's like just it, – yeah, it, it it's does kind of seem like that because his mother not supportive at all. And she's just – because it wasn't like – he seemed all that excited. Like she had to get up and be like, it's snuggle time. Let's like do this. Like, yeah. And it was like, and he even said it was like awkward at first. He, you're right. He just doesn't seem that physically into her. And yeah, it definitely right. is a red flag when you, you know, have been dating somebody for two years or whatever. And you finally physically get together. And his first thing is like, so we're uh, going to see my mom, right? That's where we're going to go first. Like mom's house. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think you more so get that with like the the female inmates. Yes. <laughs> They're usually like, oh, let's visit all friends and family first. Like sex can wait. Yeah. We'll figure that out later. But yeah, generally, I mean, I it makes more sense to me. Like, listen, it doesn't take that long. Let's just get that out of the way. And then we'll go to all the friends <laughs> and family thing. Oh, my goodness. But uh, I don't know. It just doesn't really even seem like he was super excited about it. I don't know. But it didn't seem super – he didn't seem super excited about anything except smoking a ton of weed. Like, oh, my gosh. Yes. And I was just like, okay, and she also is smoking weed, too. So it's kind of like. Well, I, I don't know what I don't know what she had in that vape pen. We, we like whatever yeah. it was. In that, I mean, it wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, that related. But I don't know what that is. I know what he was smoking based on, because it yeah. was actual smoke. But like that's also tiresome, too, man. Like I, I just can't. I, I have very, very limited patience for anybody who's just like, what do you want to do? And their answer is always get high. And I'm like, like they just don't function at, at all when, unless they're high. I'm just like, this is boring. I'm done with this. So right. he's already annoying me. Oh, yeah. I mean, he annoys me too. He seems – he just seems like an ass. Yeah. 
He just seems like a selfish, like, asshole. Yeah. I mean, he definitely seems that it's me. Take it or leave it. Like, I don't give it. I don't care if we break up or not. So whatever. Yeah, I definitely could see that, too. But like he was super demanding, like, oh, well, can you just go in and get the food for me? I mean, the way he said it, it wasn't very, like, polite. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was just like, oh, well, I can't. I obviously can't go in there. I'm traumatized. So you just go in there, and get the food. You know, it's like you could have said it like, I don't know, in less of a demanding way. He didn't even like say please and thank you. He was just like, no, nope. oh, is this shrimp? You do it. Is this shrimp? I don't know. Is this shrimp? I don't know. Looks like shrimp. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But she left him in the car and I was like getting weird vibes from him. I was like, I don't think you should trust it with your car. Like this guy's going to just like be like, Peace. see you. Well, <laughs> if he was nervous about that, I don't know that he'd be okay driving. I don't who know, even know if this guy can drive. Like he's been in and out of prison so long. Well, he may be able to. Well, I was going to say, wasn't one of the things he was in prison for was like a high speed car chase? Oh, that's chase? right. It was a high speed car chase. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's the other reason why I wouldn't really trust him with my car. This guy has a known history of stealing cars. And I don't know. I mean, you see it all. They're like, oh, well, I love him. Like he would never do that to me. And yeah. I like, thought. How you feel about them doesn't really change their <laughs> proclivities for doing things like stealing cars. Right. But I definitely picked up like what you picked up. This guy's just going to be high and partying all the time. Yeah. And it's going to be difficult to like that's going to be your partner. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if he's going to be partying. I think he's just going to be high. Like the, high. just high. Just that guy who yeah. never gets off the couch and is just high all the time. And that's just yeah. – I can't – that's just so frustrating. Yeah. Definitely. But if he's not or – well, if he did motivate himself to get off the couch, it's like to be doing crime. Yes, yes. Enough to be like <laughs> criming. Well, that's the other thing too is that, that he – remember last time we talked a lot about how he was like, I was bored. And I was like, oh man, you know what's boring is just a, being in the house with a stoner who's just there all the time. Oh, <laughs> that gosh, is the most yeah. boring thing. Definitely. Okay. So when they were talking about sleeping arrangements, he's like, the man is supposed to sleep closest to the door. I hate that. I, I, I just is that a thing? old, stupid, misogynistic crap. Like they say it's in the same way. Like, and I know some people who are like, oh, he knows how to treat a woman because he walks on the on the street side of the sidewalk like he's supposed to. I'm like, what? What is? What, is it 1884? What is this? I'm very confused because the idea is if there was if there's an invader. He's there to get up and protect first. Like the invader no, to go see, I don't see it like that at all. That's why it's hilarious to me. So I grew up in California. And so to me, I always like to be close to the door in the event of an earthquake. So it's like to me, that's selfish. It's like me first. I'm evacuating first. Yeah, well, no, because that's his. Okay, so I definitely – there's definitely a – and I, I'm poisoned a little bit with this brain disease too among guys of being like, all right, if shit went down and I had to kick somebody's ass – or I had to hurt. Could I do it? Like, where, where would I, how would I do that? Where would I go? What would I do? Who, who is the threat? Like, looking around for that kind of stuff. And it's dumb because yeah. is there ever really usually a threat? No, right. So, and you can see it all the time. Like, too, there's so many people who, you know, when they say, you know, talk about, and I don't want to get political, but they, but they talk about why they need guns to protect their family. What they're thinking of is people who are going to invade their home and threaten their family, right? And and that's what yeah that's why yeah but the door it's like people who go to the restaurant and are like well no I have to sit on this side of the table because I need to be able to see the door it's like what are you doing James Bond like come on man <laughs> well yeah that and the whole invasion thing is kind of funny to me too because it's like most criminals are trying to be non confrontational mm -hmm. 
why would you try to do a break in entering like when, you know, like when someone's there and you would have to like risk confrontation and possibly getting caught as opposed to why wouldn't you just rob the place when no one's there? That's the preference. Like I've known the people I've known who got robbed, like as soon as an actual person showed up, like, you know, somebody comes home, they, they just run away. Yeah, they just run away. Yeah. Then, then so – yeah, because what are you gonna now? Now you you you've changed complete levels on what you're doing. As soon as you um, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as someone's home, like as soon as you threaten yeah. somebody, like now your crime has gotten intensely more serious in terms of the law. Yeah, sure. All right, let's go to from one entitled asshole to another one, and that's Indian oh, Harry. God. Okay. All right, so now now we're back in the car, and Harry is once again driving without a license, even though uh, he already got idiot. busted for doing that exact same thing. He, well, I mean, just goes to show you, this guy is never going to learn his lesson, no. right? This guy's going back to prison. Absolutely, there's not not even a, not even a chance because he doesn't care. When? I wanted to drive. Why did right. you drive? Because I wanted to. Like you know, you're going to get arrested. Yeah. Doesn't I wanted to? I wanted to drive. He just does what he wants. So anyway, they're having a date night. You know, and finally some one on one time. She was hoping that they go to a fancy restaurant, but instead they're going to Adrenaline Monkey. Which he describes as a rock climbing arcade. It really looked like it was meant for kids. I'll put that out there. Yes, it, to me. Yep, I thought so too. And I thought also like, oh, well, makes sense because he's basically a big yeah, kid. Yeah, so all of this while they're getting there, Harry is, Harry is sending some vibes and he's saying like he's telling us he's mess- he's with two women and he doesn't know which yeah. one he wants more, which seems like news to us. So yep. Indy very hesitantly go through, goes through this ropes course that they have at the place and she says it's nice because she doesn't really trust Harry and – this is good for building trust. But also, if they are making manage to do this, they can do babies, which he says he's not ready for, even though they're not using protection. And production confronts him about that. And he's like, I oh, but, I, but he basically just like, but I pull out, so it's fine. So somebody else who missed sex ed class. So they are very playful and flirty. And Andy is feeling great about their future until they go to leave. And Indy sees the, a text pop up from another woman. The, she doesn't see the actual content of a text. She just sees that it's from Terry Baby with like heart emojis and stuff. So again, it's probably better she didn't see the content, which was basically like, are you coming over tonight? Because eggplant emoji, eggplant emoji. Oh, God. So when producers ask who Terry is, Harry just pleads the fifth, even though he already was talking about how he has two women. It's very oh, probably out of order. Yeah. But Indy goes home alone and leaves him sitting there. So the next day, Indy is out running some errands with Nicoa, and she hasn't seen Harry since last night. But we don't have to wait long to find out where he was because they switched right to him. And he's playing with like model molecules in Terry's house. (laughs) So anyway, Terry is 25 and it says on the screen that she's um, Harry's boyfriend. So we get get some of the background, but it was still pretty vague. What I gathered is that Terry worked at that at or with the halfway house and lost that job. Because Harry was intriguing enough that she got into a relationship with him. And presumably this is the person he slept with while he was in the halfway house. Yes. Yep. Um, since – but and, – and she was like, it didn't seem like a big of a deal because he and Indy were only spiritually married. They weren't really married. Like, that's not a really even a thing. So back with Indy, her mom Yolanda calls and Indy tries to not let her know what's going on to avoid the I told you so's and they come back to Maryland's. But her mother's intuition and – also, maybe a phone call for production has her thinking that something's wrong. So Terry, back to Terry, she's trying to help Terry take care of himself by making a checklist, which he appreciates. But he says again at this point, he doesn't know which one of these two women he really wants. But uh, Terry seems to pretty clearly think that Harry has already chosen her. 
and just needs to like whatever kick this indie to the curb. Um, so I guess I'll start with this question: What is wrong with Terry? Something has to be seriously wrong with her, Ress. I don't know. Didn't we have another couple like this? Uh, Josh, I remember, and then Courtney, maybe. Um, I think she was also like a XPO yes. situation. Yes, we did have that, but it wasn't like that guy was in a relationship. Oh, right. That guy was actually yeah. nice. <laughs> Yeah, then you got Harry. I don't know. Maybe um, maybe it's like the kind of person who goes into this line of work to begin with, right? So the kind of person who goes into this line of work is really trying to make a difference or change someone's life, mm-hmm. right? And so she actually likes Harry, and she gets that he's rough around the edges and he's a little fixer-upper. I mean, but I think she likes that challenge. I mean, the whole, like making the checklist of things, even though the checklist was super obvious because she was like, check, get a job, (laughs) check, like uh, finish parole. It's like, yeah, these are all things that like, yeah, are super, super obvious. But he's all of a sudden like, oh, I'm actually kind of surprised that Harry's into her other than it being kind of like this chase or this forbidden thing. I think that's what Harry's most into, but that's not what he told us. He was like, Oh, she helps me prioritize things. It's but like Harry's full of shit. Do you believe anything he says about any of his reasoning? Yeah, I was gonna say because I don't believe him because to me this is in Harry's mind. It's like this this lady's telling me what to do. I no one can tell me what to do because he's just stubborn like that. So I'm surprised he's like listening to her at all at this point. Yeah, she just. I think she just is. I think she has enough experience dealing with people like because I, th- I I get the impression she was some sort of teacher too, because um, he was like oh you can show this to your to your people or something. Oh, I think he she was taking like a online class or something oh, okay. like that. So it kind of seemed like she was um, trying because she doesn't have that job anymore. She had to go okay. back to school. I mean, I definitely remember those molecule models yes. from college that yeah. I didn't have to use because I only had to take chemistry one. But like, yeah, it was. She just seemed more put together and that's what part of me was she like did. she seemed like she had a nice house and she was like – I don't know, her dress. She was dressed really nice and it was just like for, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting around the house that it was like I don't understand why you would like this dude because he is like – not cool. Like, I don't get it. Right. And she also just seemed so much more realistic and grounded. Like here you got Indy head in the clouds trying to tell us how doing this high ropes course is now putting them on the right path. It's like, not really. They did a high ropes course and she was like, now we're ready for babies. And it was like, I don't. Yeah. It's (laughs) like those things don't mean the same thing. Like, I don't understand how you think that you know, like, oh, we did this one bonding thing. Now we're on the right path in our relationship. Yeah. So it's just like, I, you know, you got Indy head in the clouds like, oh, we're spiritually married. And then you've got Terry over here who definitely seems way more grounded. Yeah. They couldn't be more opposite of people. But then it also seems like Harry's just into Indy because he the only redeeming quality he said about her was that basically she was hot. And Fair. she liked him. Yeah, and she liked him. She liked him when he was in prison and nobody else did. Right. Yeah. And so that 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 loyalty thing always comes back. It just seems like we come back to it, like why, you know, Harry doesn't like people telling him what to do, but is like here with Terry, because Terry is good enough, and I think she had that halfway house job enough that she's good at diplomatically, like kind of doing that mental jujitsu where you're telling somebody what to do, 
but making it seem like they came up with the idea and it's what they want to do yeah. and not being like, no, you need to get a job to be like, what do we have to do to move forward? Let's think about what things we can do, right? And he because it's like dealing with a second grader. Oh, oh, so you think you should do your homework, huh? You think that might help you get your grade up? Like, instead of just like, do your homework. Stop it. Like you came up with that. You know, but I don't know. It's always, it's always the thing when I first started teaching. They always wanted us to come up with class rules. And I'm a, I'm a high school teacher. I'm like, no, I don't do class rules. But they always said like, oh, you should let the students write it. And then basically you let the, let the students write it in a way where you're like, you already know what your class rules are going to be. But you guide your class there. And you'll be like, we all came up with these rules together. This is what we <laughs> agreed to, Yes. Yeah, I know. I did. I tried to do that with them. It's like, oh, no one mentioned anything about cell phones. Well, <laughs> I think we should say something about cell phones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny how that works. They when they when they get a little bit older and be like, I'd like to continue to use my cell phone in class. So let's nobody say anything about that. But, yeah, don't anyone say that. Yeah, you have to go to it. When you say respect for each, for the teacher, I feel like that means you shouldn't be on your cell phone <laughs> when I'm talking. All right. Okay, speaking of respect, let's uh, talk about Tiffany and Kevin. So Kevin comes back to pick up Tiffany. Tiffany uses the excuse that she used Kevin's address for her parole, so she has to talk to him and stay there, otherwise she'll get in trouble. She calls him babe and says she's ready to leave with him as she hugs him. He points out that she didn't even say hi to him before, and he asks her if she's cool now because he laid out that other dude. She just says that she didn't want things to end like that, and she just needed time to process everything. She agrees that she could have been better about communicating, and she tries to put off, you know, talking more about this. Tiffany tells, about, tells us about her life of crime, which started when she was 18. She was on meth and GHB and then got caught and was on probation, and then she just stopped reporting for her re probation. She's thankful that she is clean now. Kevin asks where Mr. Weenie was going to take her, and Tiffany claims to Kevin's house. She then tells him about what happened when Kevin left, which included cops, the ambulance, and fire trucks. Tiffany says that being in a relationship with Kevin was stressful, and Curtis was just a friend, and it wasn't her intention to make Kevin jealous. She says she's willing to put in the work to regain Kevin's trust. He says his feelings were hurt, and even though they've been together for four years, he's still invested. Tiffany says that she's very attracted to Kevin, and she thinks he's very funny. She tells him no more surprises, but then alludes to skeletons in the closet. Mm. During the commercial break, we get a brief summary of currency in prison, which includes stamps. They didn't say what kind of stamps. I assume but all right. stamps. Probably if they're mailing letters, yeah. I guess that makes sense. So stamps bought makeup in desirable colors, even though makeup was technically illegal. Uh, and they used to gamble with stamps. And at one time, Tiffany had 300 stamps. So the morning after, Tiffany and Kevin are in a good mood because they had some good loving the night before. They sit down to breakfast and Tiffany tells Kevin that if they want to make this work, they both have to cut out everyone else in their lives. Wink, mm -hmm. wink. So Kevin agrees just as his ex-girlfriend Kayla calls him. He declines the call and pretends nothing happened. He then goes outside shortly after to talk to Kayla. He tells us he's not ready to cut things off with Kayla. Kayla's trying to make plans with him, and Kevin makes up excuses, saying he's with family and he'll let her know later if they can hang out. He's trying to be very gentle because he doesn't want to piss off Kayla and for her to go crazy. All right, so uh, it kind of seems like either Tiffany is projecting her own situation and she has other dudes, 
or that Tiffany kind of knows that Kevin has other girls. Do you think Tiffany's going to stick around as she finds out about Kayla? <sighs> no, but I think that's because she has other dudes she wants to be with too. I think it's both of yeah. those. And so Kayla's yeah. going to be a convenient excuse to be like, well, you know what? I'm done. I'll just go this next guy. She's always, She just strikes me. She's always somebody who's got – she's got somebody else like lined up at, at, all, at all times. Yeah, either that or like she's just um, quick to get someone, you know, like doesn't because I mean, even with Curtis, because if I think about like, okay, does Tiffany really have someone else right now? I think maybe not because she would have asked that person to pick her up instead of Curtis, who even Curtis admits he, you know, admits that they weren't together, but he was hoping they uh-huh, would be. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I definitely think she has an eye out for thirsty dudes that she can keep on the hook. And like yeah. keep on the back burner and be like, oh, which one of these thirsty guys who I'm ready for will will come to my will come to my side right now? Curtis was was the one up this time. It could be another guy next time, right? It's just like I need yeah. something. Bring up one of bring up one of my thirsty dudes. There we go. Perfect. Yeah, I mean she's a cute girl, so I mean I get that she has dudes around, mm-hmm. but it also seems kind of dangerous because she did briefly mention that basically she's in prison for drugs. Yeah, and so it's like she's trying to uh, not get involved with those same kinds of people, and so it's like, well, you need to you, you need to build a new network be? of yeah, exactly, like, clean yeah. thirsty dudes. There's plenty of clean. Th- there are plenty of thirsty dudes of all varieties out there. For Kayla to find is what I'm saying. Um, for, um, sorry, <laughs> Tiffany to find. Um, yeah. Like especially if she – I don't know. She Especially because she kind of goes for that – I mean she clearly has a type, right? Uh-huh. Well, OK. Is it a type so much as a product of environment? Those look like good old Texas boys to me, <laughs> you know? Fine in Texas. That's, that's all there is. I guess so. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I just – I just uh, when I'm watching this, I'm like these people deserve each other. Like they're both mirror images of the same person. Like, and Kevin's over here trying to, you know, bullshit us. Well, I'm afraid she might get both. So I don't like actually end it with it. Yeah, because you want to keep her around too. Like he wants both of these girls around and available when he feels like it. Yeah. That's what he wants. And he's sitting here pretending like that's not what he wants. But and that because that's yeah. part of the reason she's so crazy is because he she knows he's playing with her, Kayla, this is, and keeping yes. her around yes. just for whenever he wants. I know, which is so unfair because at the beginning I was just like, oh, especially because he was like lying to us trying to act like, oh, this ex, like she just won't go away. And it's like, yeah, I wonder why. It's because you're hanging out with her every Sunday night. Yeah. And that's the thing too is they, they got to stop putting X on the TV because that's not – because he's like – he was also like, it's been a while since I talked to her. And I was like, a while like what, two days? Like what are you talking yeah, about? I a know, while. Right? Dumb. Yeah. So – I don't know. I just uh, – th- uh, this is one I see blowing up because Tiffany does also seem kind of like a – I wanted something, so I got it kind of person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go to – yeah, let's go to Rick and Ray Dean. All right. So we start with Ray Dean and her family at her house for her 48 – because her 48-hour furlough is nearing to a close. Judy, her stepmother, is watching her put on her makeup and hinting about eh, – how Rick is, you know, he's pretty right to have some reservations about this K situation. And also, it's going to be a long time before K gets out. So maybe we shouldn't put all our eggs in the K basket. So Judy, you know, is kind of talking to her and asking her if she thinks this, her and Rick is going to lead somewhere, um, particularly to the thing that she and, you know, Radine's dad, Ray, have. But Radine is just like, listen, what you have, which 
I seem to think with just like being married and liking the person you're married to is just <laughs> a fantasy land that 90% of people will never get. So Ray talks to her also. This is when she comes out and wants to make sure that, you know, this thing between her and Rick is real and not just her stringing him, stringing him along for money. And if it's, you know, not going to work, whenever she finds out it's not going to work, she needs to cut it off and not, you know, do this hanging around thing. But what Eugene wants most right now is for everyone to stop asking her about this shit. It's way too stressful. I don't like thinking about this. So now it's only 16 hours left on the furlough and she and Rick are going out for some ice cream. And he's still hoping to figure out where he stands in this whole K situation. It's not just any ice cream place though because it's where they had their first date before she got locked up. Radine tells us about her first impressions of Rick from back then and she said yeah, it was a little crazy because he was that dude. I don't know how to say that dude because he's not at every party but <laughs> at some parties, it, it, it depends on your crowd. You don't get invited back because he always found a reason to whip out his junk at the party. I was like, I've never been at a party where that's happened. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a – you have to read the room. <laughs> Like, and there's some rooms that people just go to like, I would like my – I would like to whip up my junk at some point. But yeah, I don't know, but I, I'm trying to think maybe once and it's everybody's just like, put that – oh my god. And then, you know, you don't get it. No, but he seems to get something different. Anyway, but one-on-one, -on -one, he's much more sweet. So while they eat their ice cream, they look at his phone for the memories of five years ago and then talk about the social shock of getting out of prison, which Rick has some experience with and like to help her. So Redeen tell, then tells us about her rocky childhood where she spent most of the time with her mom because her dad was struggling with addiction, but there were still plenty of drugs available with her mom around. And she certainly did a lot of all of them. So Rick is hoping that Redeem will outgrow Kay and leave them in a more solid place, and he's hopeful. So super early the next morning, they get on the road to go back to the halfway house. He On the way, he kind of passive-aggressively, you know – says after she gets a message from Kay, like, whoa, when you were, when you get out with Kay and Kay gets out, I'm going to blow up your phone like she did with us. And Ray Dean doesn't take that at all well. She says that it's actually not even Kay that's messaging. It's her. She's the one who's been calling. And Rick says that if he would have known about the Kay situation before they got serious, then they would have never gotten serious. But he, but since, you know, he fall, he's fallen in love or whatever now, he's willing to keep trying. But she, he's pretty mad that she kept it from him. So he really, again, wants to know where he stands and what this relationship is. But she really seems like she's doing that uh, avoidant thing of not wanting to define anything. I just want to go with the flow. I just want to enjoy my time. Why are we doing this? Be happy. But she tells him that she loves Kay and that makes Rick feel like he's being taken advantage of for money, which as soon as he drops the money, she turns around on him. She was like, of course, for you, it's all about the money. So she doesn't – and then she tries to say, I don't know why you wanted to piss me off before we got back. This is why you ruined our last time together. So anyway, he drops her off and he still doesn't know where he stands in this love triangle. So I guess the question is where do you think he stands in this love triangle? Uh, not in a good place because, I mean, she's so quick and easy to say like, oh, I love uh, Kay. But then Rick told her twice when he, you know, they were standing out in front of the halfway house that he loved her and she did not say anything back. And I think that's just like, ooh, that should tell you something right, right Especially there. because any time he expresses reservations about Kay, she's like, well, I love her and she's not going anywhere. So you might as well just stop talking yeah. about it. Like – so yeah. I feel like the love triangle now is gonna is him at the bottom providing the support to the other two legs that are at the top digging <laughs> out. So 
Yeah, definitely. So I, I just I feel bad for the guy because it's like he does treat her very well. And I, you know, but at the same time, I do get frustrated with that whole like, well, if I had known before, like I loved you, then I wouldn't have like, you know, pursued this because I, you know, I've had friends that have had um, situations where they were like the other person, mm-hmm. right? Like I had a friend who was, um, she was dating a man who was married and had kids. And it, in her defense, she didn't find out for a really long time. I think it was a good six months that they had been dating wow. before she found out. And and that at that point, she was like, well, I'm in love with him. Like, you know, like, and so she was like with him, even though he was still married I mean, and obviously his kids aren't going anywhere, but, you know, and just like doesn't make any sense to me just because you, quote, love them doesn't mean like you should be in that situation. No, and I get where I get where they're coming because they're just like, but I like you being around better than I like you not being there. Right. And so yes. it's very it's an yeah. emotional kind of trap. But the, I mean, logically, you have to think that, no, you fell in love with a different person that wasn't lying to you. This is not yeah. the same person you thought it was if they were willing to lie to you for this amount of time about this other relationship. So the person you fell mm-hmm. in love with doesn't exist, but you know, it's, they still look this, this, this new person looks the same <laughs> as the other person. <laughs> it's just like, because you like it. You're just like, but I like them. I, I, if my day is going through, I'd rather them be with me than not with me. And that's a hard, that's, that's a really hard hill to get over in terms of a more mm-hmm. like, you know, deep, meaningful connection because you hear that, Oh my God, you hear that all the time. And this isn't totally unlike somebody who's married, you know, like how many women think mm-hmm. like, oh, he's going to leave his wife for me. And it's like, no, he's oh, not. Yeah. He's not going to do that. Right, right. Like if he hasn't at this point, then he's not going to. Yeah. I just, you know, ugh, the fact that you fell in love with this person while they were lying to you, that right there is like enough red flags, yes. right? And then it's like, I get that you love this person while love uh, this person, but it's just, I, I don't know. To me, like that isn't enough. Like I know some people are romantic and they think like love is enough for any situation. It's not enough for like that kind of situation where it's like, you know, cause it's like, yeah, your love isn't enough. If you had mutual love where that person respected you enough, where you were the only person and you were their number one priority, then maybe that would be enough to conquer all challenges. But that's not the situation. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a one-way love. That, 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 yeah. It, yeah, one-way love doesn't conquer all. One-way love is like – it doesn't work. You can't mm-hmm. – you can love somebody, but I mean you have to accept when they don't love you back and then move on. And it hurts and you yeah. have to do it, but you you have to. Like they don't it's, – right. it's, it is one way. Your love, you can't will them to love you back <laughs> ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least in the way that, you know, is going to provide an opportunity for a healthy relationship. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last up, let's get to of who is it? Oh, my Maybe God. Maybe our healthiest relationship. It is probably the healthiest relationship, which is <laughs> yeah. concerning. And that's Chaz and Branwyn. Yeah. So Chaz is on his way to the airport to go to Portland to pick up Branwyn, who he calls his fifth and final bride. He oh. says that the last time he came to Portland was the only time he got to see her in person. And then they didn't even get to kiss because they were, you know, it was jail visiting and no touching and all that kind of stuff. Which is weird since they're getting married in less than 24 hours. Did we know they were getting married right away? No, we did not know. So, of course, he's worried that he might not be spicy enough for her as we see him unpacking all the stuff he got for her. Clothes, an iPhone, sweats. 
Because like I said, they're going to do that John Christiana thing where they're just going to pull over the side of the road for a quickie wedding. I mean, at least, at least she, she knows, knows it's about coming. it. Christiana didn't coming. even know yes. about it. Um, uh, so, and he wants, he's going to be wearing sweats because when she comes out, she's going to be wearing sweats and that way they're wearing the same thing. Anyway, so while he's showing us the ring, Bramwin calls and the camera – this is when the camera gets its final chance to sweep the room for you know evidence that they're going get, to get dirty. And they find the box of condoms, which to give Chaz credit is not the standard giant box of Magnum condoms that we usually see. <laughs> so anyway, his, wife, his wifey countdown now is at 14 hours and everybody's very excited. But he, there could be some drama because Bramwin – or like at least there is going to have her friend Jessica there who may or may not bring – one of her exes to the release. So why she says it's finally can get closure and she can say, I'm done with you. Leave me alone. I don't know. I don't know why that has to be done at this time, at this place in person at all. I don't know. So anyway, early the next day, he gathers up all the wedding goodies and gets on the road. He pulls up to the prison with one hour and seven minutes left on the wifey timer. And looks like he's going to, he kind of stays at the car and stares at it for a while but then at 7, he rings the intercom and is told by the person inside, you don't want to do releases till 8. So then he stands out in the cold waiting for her. Not in his car, just standing out like looking very cold <laughs> the entire time. He looked way colder than everybody else who was standing there too, which is a little concerning. So anyway, yeah. at some point, another mom pulls up to pick up her daughter, Amy, and even you know spots Chaz some flowers from a bouquet that she brought. So then um, Bramwin's friend Jessica, her daughter, and douchebag Aaron show up too. Bramwin has clearly blamed Aaron for her going back to prison. He said that you know the, the raid, whatever it was, the raid came and he bolted and left her holding the bag. And that's why she's in prison and he's not. Um, so Chaz is right there with her. Doesn't think very highly of this guy at all. So any of the countdown expires and they're still waiting. And Aaron just says he's there to tell her I appreciate her. But Chaz suspects that what he wants is to kind of get back there and pick up right where he and Bramwin left off. So Bramwin and Amy – come out at the same time and there's lots of hugs from everybody and it's the it's actually the first time that he's actually got to stand next to Branwyn, which is a little disappointing because she's a few inches taller than him. So she says she's okay with that because he's got a great sense of humor and he plays bass in a rock band, um, but he's not sure <laughs> if that's going to be it. So anyway, she has a gift for Chaz, which is I think the first time we've seen the actual person coming out of the prison have a gift. I know. Um, it's yeah. a box she made in the carpentry shop. It's got laser engravings with wedding dates and the rings and it's you know got – it opens. And it's, a little, it's a nice box. So anyway, before they get on – before they go to get – the way to get married, he gets down on one knee for an official proposal. She obviously says, of course, we've already talked about this and wants to get <laughs> on the road. She's never been married before but she pretty, seems pretty sure about this one. Okay, so this is the first time we saw her. What are your first impressions of Branwyn? I actually thought it was incredibly sweet and thoughtful that she had this box made. And I thought it was also very much like evidence that they had been talking about all these things and that she was taking it seriously. Because, you know, we hear like the Harry and Indy story quite often where the one person in prison is like, oh, yeah, saying all these things. And then when they get out, they're kind of like, I didn't really mean all of that. I don't know if I'm ready to get married. Who who said that? I'm just kind of there yet. Yeah, but I think Branwyn, like, actually took everything to heart, and she was serious about all of it because, I mean, she freaking engraved it into yeah. wood. Yeah, I mean, I think a huge part of that maybe – we'll see because it seems like a lot of it is an age thing too, right? She's 40, mm-hmm. right? She's not yeah. young. 
And so, and right. so, and she's been in and out of prison. So I kind of feel like that she, she's in a position to take it a little more seriously and not, mm-hmm. and, and might be past that time of her life where she was just like, I just want to go smoke weed and have fun, man. Yeah. Well, she's also someone who had kind of said like, well, I need different people in my yeah. life. And isn't that what Chaz's sister, Chris, was kind of worried about is like, oh, is she going to be super dependent on Chaz? Like basically like blame her success or failures of sobriety on Chaz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but if she's completely relying on him and is like, well, you were, you were mm-hmm. supposed to be the new people that kept me clean and now you're not. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, I thought it was funny. The, um, I mean, yes. I, I wonder if this height insecurity is going to start getting annoying soon. <laughs> it, it already is kind of annoying because he, you know, even though they met in person, I think they were both sitting Correct. down, and so he didn't really get to see her standing up. And clearly, they've talked about it, so it's not like that wasn't to be expected. But now he's kind of like, ooh. I feel like this is going to end because she's not going to be comfortable. I think it's really interesting, too, because I have a friend who's very, very tall. She's over six feet and she's uh, she's dated uh, men who are shorter than her. And I mean, like shorter, I mean, like significantly shorter. Like I think uh, her college boyfriend was like five, five or something. So a good like six inches shorter than her. But um, I think the how she always thinks about it is, you know, she understands that, you know, she's a tall person, that she's going to have a harder time finding men that are her height, that are, you know, you have mutual interest. And so she's got to be open to dating shorter guys if, you know, like she doesn't want to, uh, you know, cut anyone off or anything like that. Um, so it's she does not have a problem with that at all. But. She finds it hard to date guys shorter than her because they all have a problem with it. Right. Yes. It's all it's it's totally how the guy handles it. Like she she yes. already said, like, he's masculine enough for me because he was a Marine and he was like, yeah. so clearly, like, if he's good enough for the Marines, it's good enough for me, basically. Right. But yeah, yeah. but it's all about like it's not actually about the height as much as it's about like, OK, what weird insecurities and like pain in the ass personality traits you're bringing um, with this if you feel insecure about it. But that's true about literally anything you're insecure about. Yes. And I was going to say, it's one of those things where I think it will be fine. It's not going to affect their relationship necessarily. But but if you mention it all the time, that makes me think you're insecure about it. But I think it's going to be one of those things where if she gets annoyed with him, it's gonna like emphasize like how annoying that is when he does mm-hmm. that. Right. It's it's not even yeah, like I was saying, it's not about the how short he actually is, it's about how much he keeps mentioning mm-hmm. that he's short. So Yeah. Right. Yep, that's how I see it at this point. Cause it's just like, oh my gosh, we got it, you're short. Yeah. Fine. Right, right. All right. And then the other question is, what what is Aaron doing? What is this? Like what I was he don't invited? Know. Who invited him? I don't know what's going okay, on here. This is what I don't understand. How in the world is he in contact with Jessica in the first place? Because he was putting money on her books. He was putting money on Branwyn's books. Like that's why he's still like at least not blocked from Branwyn. He said that. Yeah. But I don't understand how he is even involved with Jessica at all. Jessica was not friends with her before prison. Jessica was her like previous prison friend who got out before her. So it's to me, it's like, well, how did you all get connected in the first place? Yeah, but that is a good question because like, yeah, like that would be weird. I'm just, I'm just, I'm in my head thinking of, thinking of what's the equivalent situation. And it'd be like, 
you know. There is no equivalent well, I'm saying, okay, situation. I know there's no equivalent situation because there's nobody in prison, right? But it would even yeah. be weird to be in big touch with – It's because it's somebody, your ex's friend that you weren't personally friends with. Like I'm, I'm breaking okay. that down. Here's a scenario. You go study abroad, right? You meet a friend okay. while you study abroad. They come back first and then you come home and there's like a big welcome party or welcoming. And it's like your friend you're going to meet up with from studying abroad now brings your ex. <laughs> like, why would that ever happen? That's true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, current. If it was a current girlfriend that would make sense like but yes the yeah. ex thing is like why why did you even talk why it were you even talking no to that sense. like why why does this right. friend i made after we broke up even in touch with you um yeah 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 but i appreciate that it it didn't seem like there was like anything shady going on from branwin's point of view because she clearly told chaz what the situation yeah, he knew was about it. Mm-hmm. so yeah, and so when this guy Adam like and Chaz met each other, yeah. Chaz was kind of like, "I'm the guy that's going to marry your he girl." Was always and like, he was kind of like, "Oh, he was nice like, to meet hi, you." I'm not your biggest fan, but hi. <laughs> like, right, and so it was kind of like they, they seem to be on the same page, and it's like, well, at least there's that you know full disclosure up front. Mm-hmm. You know, no one thinks like, "Oh, you know, I'm going to go behind." Well, I mean, maybe Adam thinks he is going to go behind everybody's back and like try to steal her away. But I mean, at least Branwen has been up front. This is my dude. And then Chaz has been like, this is my girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All this very unusual. I liked Amy's mom yeah. though. Amy's mom was sweet. Oh, I know. She's super sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it, it, but it also didn't help that Jessica bought flowers. And so it's like, oh, your one little flower is going to be. Oh, like, right, right. Yeah. That's not as much. Yeah. I mean, he brought, the thing was that we didn't really see it. We saw him stream. I guess it was for the wedding. We saw him stringing together yeah. like the letters, like for a banner or something. But that's probably yeah. Thing. He has yeah. things for her for sure. Yeah, we'll probably. Well, he also has a four thousand dollar ring, so that is probably oh, better yeah. than the flowers anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, who was your student? Of I the went week? with Bramwin. I did too. It's, it's the, the box. box. Yep. Like that was a that was the most thoughtful. And gift. she had to arrange for the the person so who's in the manager of the carpentry yeah. thing to come out, and so it's definitely. Uh, also a change compared to everybody else in this season to mm-hmm. see somebody who's coming out of prison on like good terms with the prison staff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just, it seems so thoughtful and sweet and like planned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about your oh, Harry? Like <laughs> just this blatant cheating and then being like, oh yeah, yeah. well, you know, I have, I have two girlfriends and I have to figure out which one I like more. It's like, no, no. Oh, I can't tell you about this on camera, even though I'm filming with the yeah, second I definitely girlfriend. think there it's was like, a time discontinuity on. where they were like, who's Terry? And then later we they got him to, you know, they convinced him to allow it on film and then they come back. Because it was weird. He At the beginning, he was like, oh yeah, there's two women. And then later it was like, who's Terry? He's like, I'm not telling I'm going to say anything. Also, I think it's so sloppy. Like, you are going to put a bunch of heart oh emojis next to this girl where you know your other girl Should have spelled like, that joint T-E-R-R-Y so we, she thought it was a dude. No heart emoji. Yeah. First of all, there's no emojis no. on my contacts at all. That is Right. <laughs> Me too. No. I'm like, why? Why, why are people doing this? That? I don't understand that at all. Oh like, gosh. yeah. And I know that. I know, you know, for, for, for my – you know, my girlfriend, I know that it, I am in her phone as my first name and my last name. <laughs> like that is 
<laughs> and that is totally fine. I don't have her last name, but I don't – I'm not – no emojis, no wifey, you know, boo, things like that. No, just no, no. Mm, yeah, yeah, same. It's like he's, yeah, asking to get caught. That's just dumb. That was sloppy. Well, and if, even if you're – okay, that means his text – I mean, at least he was smart enough to not have the content of a text message show up on the screen. But your text – Text messages shouldn't show up. If you're doing this and you're cheating, you shouldn't have anything popping up on your um, lock screen. Like that shit should be on silent. (laughs) All right. What about your life? All right. So in in the vast majority of cases, there are exceptional cases to this. So I don't want to say at all cases, everybody. But it's not selfish or unreasonable to want your relationship to be monogamous. And like we saw a couple people here who like felt guilty for asking for that. Or said, I guess I'm just selfish for asking for that and that's not true. And if somebody's making you feel like you're selfish or inconsiderate because you want a monogamous relationship, then they need to be dropped. Of course, like exceptions. If your relationship like starts open and you had this open agreement and then you're like, actually, I decided to change the rules and uh, I want this. That might be a little different. But in all these cases where it's like you found out later or on time that like, oh, yeah, I'm actually uh, with somebody else that I love. So you're being unreasonable for asking me for to leave them. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's dumb. Uh, so uh, I have a feeling I know who your life lesson was directed to. So uh, I will also say uh, something about them. Um, it had something to do with what uh, Ray, Ray Dean's dad, had said uh, when they were talking about, you know, um, Ray was saying, I didn't raise you to be a user. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Radine's argument in the whole thing was that, you know, well, I didn't ask him to send me money. So it's just because you didn't ask for whatever someone gives you doesn't mean you aren't using them. If you have no feelings for them and, you know, you're basically like just taking and you're never giving like you're using someone. So it doesn't matter if they ask. for. There's definitely, you know, people who have offered me things in life and I just like I don't feel like I can accept that. So no, I'm not going to take it, mm-hmm. right? And that's yeah. a reasonable thing. But yeah, mine was both at her and also at um, Terry. Said something about that with Harry. She's like, mm-hmm. I guess I'm just selfish when I'm with you. I want to, I want to have you to myself. And I was like, Yeah, that's it's called a relationship. Like that's how it works. That's <laughs> yeah. not selfish. Yeah. Right. Right. Definitely. Okay. Well, uh, it looks like this is going to keep going. I'm, I'm interested in some of these storylines, and I'm kind of excited to see uh, if. Chaz I know, I know. I hope, I hope they don't turn this. I, I need one. I, I need know. one solid, like wholesome couple. Right? I know. We need the palate uh-huh. cleanser, right? Every every season, we got to have at least just yeah. one. All right. Okay. So we will be back next. All week right. Then. See everybody then. All right. Okay. Bye. bye.